Welcome to Author News Weekly, the weekly news show by authors for authors. We read the news so you don't have to. Join our panel of best-selling authors each week as we take a deep dive into the publishing world, both indie and traditional. Author News Weekly. Yeah, whatever. Welcome back to Author News Weekly. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ari McGee. Once again, joined by the entire squad who've made it back from parts unknown. I've got Jim Heskett. Hello. Pippa Warner. Hello. And I've got Nick Thacker. Hello. We had a lot of things to get into today. So before we start, the only bit of actual publishing news I'd like to get into real quick is the big deal that Find Away Voices was bought out by Spotify. I know that we've all heard about that. Some folks seem doom and gloom about it. Some folks think it's okay. What's your guys' take on it in general, whoever has a strong take on it? Because I sell my audiobooks wide and find a ways who I use for distribution. So I'm interested in how this is all going to pan out. So Pippa, what do you think about it? Well, Scribe Count has been getting ready to integrate with Findaway, right? To get their royalties pulled in. And so the first day of Vegas, I'm wandering around like, where is Will Degas? He was supposed to be presenting. I'm looking on the schedule. He's no longer presenting. And then close to the end, Randall sends me like, it's like, oh, that's where he was. He was signing paperwork. He's like, I'm rich um, now, so I'm not going <laughs> to the you, peasants. <laughs> I have no time for you. I'd say really my only concern is there were a lot of artists who talked about Spotify not being great for them. And so audiobooks are already a pretty limited game because there's such a high barrier to entry. And so this will be interesting to see how this plays out. I assume we're going to have more stuff like this was an inevitable step. And Spotify acquired someone else audio, didn't they, earlier this year? Audiobook focused? I don't know. I can't remember who. Audiobooks.com or something like that. Or us. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it was some like German company that they acquired or something. Hmm. Mm. So it'll be interesting. I assume we're going to see more technology that's making audiobooks more accessible. There are a few people at 20 Books that were doing stuff like that. Then we're going to see more stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I guess so. Jim, what you got, man? Well, uh, according to an article I read about it, that uh, Spotify has said that they're not going to interfere with Findaway's wide model, which is kind of strange since Spotify's thing over the last couple of years has been buying up talent and IP and making it exclusive to them. But, you know, I've worked at a company that got bought out by another company before, and they always say they're not going to change anything. They always say that. So we'll see. I think if they neuter find a way by making it not be wide anymore, that will be a big shame because find a way was the only thing going up against ACX. I mean, I guess now find a way has Spotify's resources to go up against ACX if Spotify wants to do that. But I think someone's immediately going to make a find a way clone if Spotify takes them. Exclusive. Smart. Smart. Nick? Yeah, I think I'm proud of Will. I think this is a pretty cool move just to be part of that. Having sold a company before myself, I kind of know how he feels, but mm. this is a little bit bigger move. So I think it's kind of cool. From a business perspective, one thing that we can assume it's doing is bolstering Spotify's asset list, which makes them more valuable, most likely. So it could be a move that Spotify is looking to sell to someone else larger than them, or it could be that it's just trying to beef up the bottom line, and this is kind of an obvious move. But something tells me that they actually do have an interest in getting into the audiobooks market. I think this is a real move 
for them and a smart business decision. They did this with podcasting, right? And Joe Rogan, $100 million deal for exclusivity. I could see them doing something like this with big time audio, either narrators or authors. I'd volunteer for a $100 million exclusive audiobook deal with Spotify if they're listening. You know, feel free to come knocking. But I could see them throwing out a little bit of money here and there to get some exclusivity going, but also keeping the non-exclusivity going for like what Findaway currently has, if that makes sense. I don't exactly know how that'll work, if it would be a Findaway or Spotify branded product, but I could see them easily moving into ACX territory as well, trying to just get some people on their side and saying, hey, we're not, you know, ACX. So come check us out. Hmm. Okay. I guess it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I was listening to Joanna Penn's take on it, you know, and she's kind of got a whole like futurist vibe going. So she's really into, you know, how things are going in the future. And, uh, she, you know, she is optimistic as she often is and, uh, thinks that it'll be good for indies where, you know, Spotify maybe isn't so great for established artists. A lot of the smaller independent artists, uh, find a nice niche on there. So, Hopefully that's true. You know, fingers crossed. All right. Moving on to the main topic of the show today, the 20 books to 50K conference in Vegas just wrapped up. Two of us went, Nick and Pippa. Two of us didn't, myself and Jim, because not going places makes me feel better than going places. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's in Vegas. There's like a thousand people that go there. There's presenters and there's funnel cakes and carnival rides. You know, there's all kinds of stuff at this conference. And if you're interested, you can go to their YouTube and they have many of the talks on YouTube. So what I wanted to kind of get into is I watched a, a lot of the presenters and I have a few favorites that maybe I'll chime in later. But for you guys that were there, you know, let's start with you, Pippa. How did the show go for you? What were kind of some of your takeaways? And I know that you were there doing business as well because, you know, you're one of the scribe count honchos. So how was it? What is your takeaway? It was good. So I nearly lost my voice a couple of times because like there's just so many people there and you're always talking about something and it's great. It's great personally. It's great professionally. It's just nice to be in a group of people who are all climbing roughly the same hill as you. And the talks went well. I gave one on ghostwriting. I gave one on statistics. Okay. Contrary to what he promised, Craig Martell did not have me hauled out of the room <laughs> and put in a dumpster after using the word statistics. So <laughs> that was very nice. I'm glad. No, that's your wheelhouse too. Numbers and stuff. You're a number, a number nerd. So I'm glad. Number nerd. Yeah. And I tried to get Nick to go ziplining with me, and his response to that was, I have no interest in death. Thank you very much. So I went ziplining alone. It was oh. very fun. <laughs> oh, no. I don't leave Earth. I stay on Earth. As much as I would have gone. Did you See, fly well, to get there? Or did well, you Jim, drive? You didn't go. So you couldn't have gone. I just I mean, I want to point out, like, there's a lot of there policy was, here. You had to have been in Vegas in order to go. Okay, next time we'll go ziplining. There's also hookers and blow, Jim. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah, told was... me there were hookers oh, right. and blow. <laughs> Maybe I would have went. <laughs> but they're Vegas no. priced hookers and blow. So I don't know that we could have afforded them on our indie salaries. I don't know. I got a flyer slipped under my door that suggested that there was some kind of special going on with hookers and blow. So oh, oh you got that. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure you received I, I put it in your door. <laughs> I got That's one for there. pizza and mozzarella sticks and one for hookers. The Las Vegas Valpac coupons are very different from most cities. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So let me ask you, Pippa. Let's say that someone wanted to go and look at your talk about ghostwriting. Okay? Yes. Uh, which I'm actually very interested in, and I will check that out. No joke. I wanted to get up with you about that. I didn't know that's what you were talking about, so that's excellent. 
what are a couple of big points from your ghostwriting talk that they can expect to see if they go find your video? Set expectations. There's no particularly wrong way to do it. It's just setting expectations between the client and the writer. And so a bunch of people asked questions for which the response was, like, you couldn't necessarily have seen this coming, but now that you know, in future contracts, set an expectation about that. So like, I came in fully within the deadline, but since then they've asked for six rounds of revisions and now they're angry that we've missed the deadline. Yeah, that's something you want to work on. So that's basically it. And what was really nice about that talk was that I actually made it short so that we could have a 10 minute mixer at the end because it's so rare that you have ghostwriting clients and ghostwriters in the room together. And so I got to watch like three deals go down, which is really cool. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, cool. Well, we will get back to some more of your takeaways in just a little bit here. Now, Nick presented and, you know, I got to tell you, like right off the bat, okay, I watched your action adventure panel, okay, and you had blue jeans and tennis shoes on, okay? I also watched your presentation about marketing, in which case you had shorts and flip-flops on. Why not dress nice when you're the only guy on stage? I brought You're a not backpack. in Hawaii anymore, man. I brought a backpack with me, and that backpack carried X amount of clothes. So it was one outfit one day, and the next outfit the next day, and that was it. And and marketing day, it was flip flops and shorts time. So that's the answer. You know, it felt authentic. You you looked like you were living your best life up there. Yeah, now, a big thing about marketing is branding. That's right. He was on brand. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Let's go so, branding. Your marketing talk that you gave was good, was good. And, you know, you had a couple cat jokes in there. I thought the crowd was going to turn on you. But other than that, uh, it was pretty good. What would you tell people uh, big takeaway items from your talk that they can expect if they go find your video on YouTube? I, yeah, highly recommend watching it. It's been getting a lot of good traction, goes into a lot more depth than what I can say here. But the gist is it's called moving target marketing. And the point is there's a lot of things that change and sometimes daily. You know, we have TikTok and Book Talk, whatever that is. You know, we talk about some of this stuff here, but there are also these core, what I call buckets or pots that we have to have on the back burner all the time. And the three that I talked about in the talk were email, social media, and advertising. Those are the three things that we need to kind of keep running all the time. We don't always have to be focused on those, but we need to set them up well enough that they can, if we need to, focus somewhere else, run by themselves. Okay. Yeah. Sounds also like good yeah, cat jokes. The crowd was, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw his video, but like it was going well. Like there were some laughs, and then he talked about like killing a cat or something. And they were like, like the music skipped, and he nervously laughs. And he's like, I'm just kidding, but not really. And I thought it was going to be a riot. I really, it was a good, I mean, and if you saw my speech, it literally said, you know, pause for awkward laughter. <laughs> and then awkwardly say, I'm just kidding. Not really. Pause for more laughter. And it worked flawlessly. Calculated. Right on. Right on. Well, apparently there's a good story about action adventure panel. And we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, Pippa, you said yeah. something weird happened to you on the way back. Charlie. Oh, man. Tell me oh, about man. this, because I haven't got a chance to get up with you since you went back home. So I had a stopover in Denver on the way back from Vegas. And we sit on the tarmac for a while in Vegas while they have maintenance technicians running in and out of the plane. We're like, what the fresh hell is going on? It turns out it was the coffee maker. Mm. The coffee maker needed maintenance. I was like, okay, so we're less worried about that now. 
Like, can you just file the paperwork later? Maybe. I don't really care. Then to we get to fair, You're not an airplane mechanic. You don't know <laughs> That's how true. crucial the coffee machine may be to the functioning of the aircraft. Just put everything together. That is true. Yeah. That's true. Which was related to what happened once we got to Denver, which is we sat and sat and sat on that plane. And finally, the pilot came on and said one of the baggage handlers had noticed a dent on the outside of the plane. So they had to see if that had been checked out before and there was paperwork on it. And if not, we were going to have to leave the plane. I always sat for another about 45 minutes and then we're told they were going to retire the plane. So we all pack off the plane. They take someone else's plane to give to us. So death stares as they swap crews and we take the Salt Lake City plane. We get onto the new plane and we wait and we wait and we keep waiting. And finally they say, we're just working on the baggage. We're transferring over all the baggage and we wait and we wait. And finally, the captain comes back and says, okay, so we're going to be getting in about two to three hours late. Here's what happened. One of the last boxes off the last plane broke and was full of live crabs. So then the baggage handlers had to go chasing live crabs on the tarmac in Denver. <laughs> and my headcanon is that at least one of them got away and started a new life in the Denver airport in those like fake Aztec ruin things that they have uh, on the tramway. What do you mean fake? That's all real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Denver, the well-known Aztec ruins. <laughs> no, there's bunkers underneath it. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Must be very small bunkers. The trams are underneath it. <laughs> very small coffin-like bunkers. And crap. Okay. Yes. Can't Good make time. this stuff up. Good time. Meanwhile, I made friends with someone who was going to Minneapolis for a leather competition. I think there's a couple different things that pop into mind <laughs> about a leather competition. The um, other one. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. You know which one, so. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I know. I'm saying you know which one. I assumed you know, like you no, told no. Me... It, yeah, there. Nice. Yeah. Good times. My kind of people. My kind of people. All right. Good deal. So, Mr. Nick, let's talk about this uh, action adventure panel that you were on. The one where you were like more well-dressed and appropriate looking. Hmm. They had you up there, obviously, because you write action adventure. And there was kind of a, a cast of characters, man. What was your experience on that panel like? And Jim's holding his mouth like he's nervous. I'm not going to do anything that's going to get us indicted. Don't worry. I'm just going to tell a story, okay? I'm just going to paint a little picture for you guys, right? Imagine a world in which all of traditional publishing is run by old white guys. Oh, wait. Okay. That's the world that we live in. But, <laughs> so I'm on a panel with all these guys and I'm just thinking to myself, like, first of all, I, you know, I don't know everybody, but I know a lot of people and I don't know any of these guys. I'm sure they're great blokes, but I don't think any of them write action adventure, at least the way I define it. Come to find out that it's pretty much like the old traditionally published Western panel. And they're talking about, you know, W. William and John Stone and those guys that they published. That's cool. These guys have a ton of experience. It starts to look like they're just going to start ranting about things and talk about whatever they want because they're not answering any of the questions that the moderator's uh, posing. But that's fine as long as they don't say anything, you know, borderline racist and weird. And do you guys want to know what happened? Somebody said something borderline racist and weird. <laughs> and the best part of it or the worst part of it, I don't know how like, I'm holding the guy's microphone because these guys, they can't be bothered to hold their own microphones, of course. So I'm sitting there, you know, the guys start talking and I'm like, well, no one can hear. So I grab the microphone and I hold it. So I'm literally the mic stand of this guy that says this dumb thing. And I don't even remember their names. So I'm not you know, going to get anybody in trouble by saying who it was. But the question that was asked 
was who is the current best, like currently working best action adventure author. And so the first guy opposite the side of the table uh, as me says, you know, well, back in my day, we used to publish all this and then, right, in just 10 minutes. And then the next guy does the same thing. Next guy does the same thing. And it gets to the guy next to me. And he also does not answer the question in any remote, like, universe way. Like, it's just completely unrelated. But then he starts talking about how in his day, you know, used to publish what he called boy novels. And what are we going to publish next? Gay novels. And then, you know, you can't be like, you know, an Asian publishing a round eye book. And and I'm like, (laughs) what even is happening right now? And I look at, you know, the, the, the moderator and he looks at me. You guys can't see me it's not on video, but both of our eyes are really wide. And then I'm going, shit, I'm a round eye right now. I can't, I can't make my eyes round. But I'm like, my eyes are wide. I can't, I don't even know what's happening. And everyone in the, in the audience is, and like, I have a background in church where I'm on stage playing guitar. And so, you know, my best friend was a senior pastor and he would sit in the front row and try to make faces at me to get me to laugh because everybody can see my face and no one can see his. That's how I felt. I'm up here going. I know all these people in the crowd and they're all looking at me like, what have you done? And I'm like, I can't make it. I'm holding the, you know, I'm like, this is my fault. I'm holding the microphone. And all this is happening. And the guy's just ranting and ranting and ranting about round eyes or whatever. And finally, Mel is like, hey, Nick. And I just go, James Rollins. James Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing to watch. And that's the story. <laughs> And that's the story. And I'm still getting, I'd say, positive feedback from people. I just want to be clear that I don't want to have anything to do with the Action Adventure panel. But Oh, oh, God bless you, man. It was amazing. It was amazing. You're just up there squirming, and they give you the mic, and you're just like James Rollins. (laughs) I write like James Rollins. K.O. Finish me. I'm not not as good as James Rollins, but I'm pretty close. But James Rollins, definitely James Rollins. I didn't. I always said James Rollins. (laughs) There is one thing you should take from this entire question and answer session. James Rollins. Forget everything else. Oh, I love it. It was was an eventful event. Uh, Good times, man. Good times. All right. Well, let's see. So from an outsider's perspective, I'll get your guys' kind of wrap up about 20 books here in a couple of minutes. From an outsider's perspective, I watched a lot of them. A lot of them are really good. You know, I think that the thing about 20 books is, you know, I'm a firm believer in right messenger, right message, right time, you know? And so sometimes what someone says to you hits you a little better sometimes than others. I really enjoyed, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard, uh, you know, Sarah Nofke uh, talking, uh, the audio is a little jacked on her recording, but man, she is very driven. And so the things that she talks about are really applicable to a lot of people. I enjoyed it. You know, her thing was very good. I've never met her, but I want to now because she did a great job. Elena Johnson talking about rapid releasing was phenomenal. If you guys don't know who she is, look her up. You know, she writes a lot of books. She wrote like 42 books in a year, she was saying, which is pretty gangster. And my favorite that I saw was actually Kyla Stone. You know, I've been thinking for a while about maybe writing some post-apoc stuff. So her getting up there as like a post-apocalyptic powerhouse talking about right to market, which is maybe like a deep dive into what Chris Fox hipped us all to a few years ago, I think is really interesting. And I think I got a lot out of that. Uh, That's a technical term, a lot. And so those are the three that I would recommend you guys going to listen to. Present Company Excluded, of course, you should support Author News Weekly. Listen to Pippa. Listen to Nick and the Racist Dude. You know, these are things Mm, that you should be listening to. to. I have a better showing later. (laughs) 
So Pippa, what would you say to someone who's considering going to 20 books next year? You know, what could they expect and what would you advise them to do to get the most they can out of the conference? Bring a water bottle because it <laughs> is hecka dry in there. I would periodically go back to my room and down like eight bottles of water. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is... At $4 a pop, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also get grocery delivery. I ended up doing that because all of the food was so expensive. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, and bring like a kettle or a French press or both because a coffee is $7. And yeah, it was ridiculous. Basically, don't be afraid to go up and talk to people and don't think that like there's obviously always a line to talk to people who everyone knows, but you almost can't go wrong. So I went and had a chat with someone. We were just, you know, talking about different about Kickstarter and things like that. And then it turned out that he's a big name in fantasy. I had no idea. So, yeah, don't be afraid to go up to people. I would definitely say, like, if there's someone you really want to talk to, bring business cards, but go up to them. And when you catch them, say, is now a good time to talk? Or should I catch you later? Because a lot of the high name people are basically being accosted 24-7 as they walk between panels. So Mm. that's some way you can set yourself apart. Mm. That's probably very good. That's probably very good advice for networking. Apparently, networking is a big deal. You're supposed to do that, you know? In fact, the only reason that I'm on this show is because Nick emailed me several years ago, and we shot the breeze, and you never know how things snowball when you just chat with someone for no good reason about nothing important. So, Would you say that that breeze was successfully shot? I think so. I think, I think it, was it was a pretty good breeze shooting, you know? I don't regret it at all, my friend. I don't regret it at all. Okay, Nick, what do you got, buddy? What are your kind of major takeaways and how would you advise someone to set themselves up for success if they wanted to go to the conference next year? I'll give you two. One, go to the conference. It really is a good place. It's full of a lot of really high-powered, successful people who don't act like it, which is great. It really kind of removes any hierarchy that we think may exist. Second of all, go with a schedule that you've loosely put together. You know, look at the talks and see what's what and what you want to learn. But more importantly, go with a question that you want answered and then build your schedule around that question. And then by the second or third day, if you haven't sufficiently gotten the question answered, just like Pippa said, go up to the people who think you might know the answer to that question and just ask point blank. Because a lot of times you'll make a lot of friends and you'll get a lot of really good wisdom that you don't even realize you got until long after you left the conference. It really is drinking from a lot of fire hoses at once. And it's a great place to be. We all know you can't get anything out of one week of intense learning in just one week. It takes a lot longer than that. So yeah, go with a loose schedule. Everything is recorded. So if you don't catch everything you want, you get it online. But go with the question that you want answered and go figure out the answer to that question because it's there. Right on. Well, that's all good stuff, guys. Thanks for a wrap up of the 20 Books Conference. You guys should go, if you're listening, go check it out on YouTube. There's a YouTube channel. It's really easy to find. Listen to Nick's you know, listen to Pippa's see. And then if you got any questions about what they said, shoot us an email and maybe we can answer it on air sometime. So looking at our time, I think that's about it for today, guys. You guys got anything you want to add? No, everybody good. All right. So for all of us at Author News Weekly, I'm R.A. McGee saying this meeting is over. Goodbye, everybody.